Hello everyone and welcome to the Nerdy Up North podcast, the nerdy podcast hosted by two northern nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Sam. And I'm the other host, Paul. And we are joined today by a very, very special guest, my buddy Carolyn. Hello there. My, my Romy to my Michelle. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, you've probably heard Sam talk about Carolyn a number of times. Um, yeah, I've been mentioned a few so, times. So she actually feels like it's just part of the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. It's a two girls reunion. It is, yay. <laughs> so um, today's top five is again horror themed. And we'll get into that in a minute. But firstly, as I mentioned last week, I was doing a new segment where I was going to be promoting local businesses and sellers. And it just so happens that Carolyn is a local seller. So Carolyn, tell us a little bit about what you sell and what you do. What I do. What you do. I paint paint and draw things. I'm an artist. um, So um, if anybody's not following me on social media or you don't don't know me, um, primarily over the last few years, I've been... um, drawing sketch cards for um, licensed products like Star Wars, um, The Walking Dead, Alien Franchise, Stranger Things and all all sorts of things that are similar to that. Um, so if you go to my social media, Instagram, which is cjc underscore artist, um, you'll see quite a lot of the, the work that I do is posted on there. Um, so you can have a flick through if there's anything that would interest you then um, you, know, you can contact me and let me know um, what you're after. Um, I do also do comic cons, which for everybody who's um, a convention attender will know that the last 12 months especially have been a complete wipeout because of coronavirus. So we're due to start that up again very, very shortly. Um, I'm doing my first convention in um, Hortonley Spring on the 4th of July. Oh, um, global. And I <laughs> yeah. will be there. And Sam will be there with me. We'll be, uh, we'll be there at the table. Um, I'll have prints and uh, original art and also some stickers and different bits and pieces. Yes! Loads of things because I've been obviously getting my thinking cap on during this uh, few lockdowns that we've had. So we're, we're just going to up the ante a little bit with uh, the variation of things that we've got available. So... Um, that is that is pretty much it um it's nerd stuff that i do primarily but it's it's portrait art that i do um is my first love yeah but um if you can see it i can draw it i paint it oh very good i know i know like i said i think we were talking about before you came on the one that you've done the beetlejuice um that was absolutely brilliant like i say when i saw that i was like wow that completely blown blew me away and I saw Eugenia Davis, yeah. Yeah, and I think you posted uh, something a few weeks ago that you've got uh, something coming forward with the Alien franchise. Yeah, there's a um, there's an art book coming out to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Aliens. Um, mm-hmm. I was in the first uh, book that they released, awesome. belatedly, I think last year, which was for Alien, uh, called 40 Years, 40 Artists through Titan Books. Mm-hmm. And um, this time, Titan have teamed up with Printers in Blood, who are fantastic. If anybody's um, a fan of coffee table art books, um, you've probably seen that they've done um, The Thing, um, Ghostbusters, um, Stranger Things, what I was in. And um, come September this year, I believe, is Aliens, and I'm going to be in that book too. So I'll be able to show my power loader. Mm-hmm. 
off. So good. <laughs> Keeping an eye out for that, definitely. Yeah, so, <laughs> so good. So that is our seller of the week. I don't know what the better term to call it, but seller. Mm -hmm. And also my best bud. So there you go. So it's top five time. Cool. And we're going to get cracking on with it because it's going to be a long one. There's three of us in this. Yeah. Um, it's it was my pick and i wanted to go down the horror route again and i originally said horror movies from 1990 to 1995. that is pretty hard it's pretty specific it's, as well and especially yeah. when yeah when i always because <laughs> we take the slasher film out because i think when with slashes it's you're going to pick them because they're really good like it's a really good genre so when you take that out really hard to pick between that year so we're going from just the 90s horror and who wants to go first do that we'll let our guests go first yes right Carolyn, what's your top pick so top are pick. we doing one to five as in any one... order you want to do so it'll be I... very hard to do like a favorites ones because mm. that's where i know I'll, i won't <laughs> do favorites because that might be too difficult but um immediately the mm -hmm. first one that i picked which um people will say Ooh, is that a horror or is that a thriller? Well, I've got news for you because it's a horror thriller. So it's. Oh, you're going to have another alien fight here. <laughs> no, there we go. It's Misery, Stephen right. King's Misery, yep. which just creeps in because it was um, a 1990 release. Mm -hmm. um, for those who, who don't know, it was written by Stephen King. I think the book was released um, in, the, in the late 80s, I think. Um, it's directed by Rob Rayner. Mm -hmm. He's director. Homework. <laughs> so I haven't done my homework. He is the director of such legendary titles as The Princess Bride, which has obviously yeah. a huge following. Yeah. Uh, Stand by Me, another Stephen mm -hmm. King um, fan favorite. Um, when Harry Met Sally, mm -hmm. and um, A Few Good Men. If you haven't seen that, then I don't and know what to tell you. He's also in The Wolf of Wall Street. He is. He is. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's in Sleepers in Seattle, I think, as well. Yep. He's also an actor as well as a really good director. Misery is a good choice. It is. It's an, awesome it's an uncomfortable choice. film as well. I like, think it is scary, but I can see this. I know there's this scene that everyone always harps back Hobble. to. Is it hobbling? Uh, hobbling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have been told, like I said, I've not read the book, I'll be honest, but I've been told the book mm. is going to be a lot worse than the actual film scene. But Oh, yeah. Uh. And it was James Caan as well, wasn't it, James Caan? Yeah. So it's uh, James Caan and Kathy Bates, who are the two primary, were the leading actors. Um, number one fan. Uh, <laughs> Lauren Bacall's in it as well. Is she? She's, yeah, she is. Supporting role. I've watched it as well. She's, she's at the very end of the film when he's... Well, I'm not spoiled if you haven't seen it, but she's at the very end of the film. I'm all about the spoilers. Don't worry about, all about the spoilers. <laughs> Go for the spoilers. If you haven't seen it, not no. It, this is the '90s. You've had enough right, time. You've, you've had time. <laughs> all right then. Well, at the end, because he's because he's alive. Yeah. He's um. He's her. He's she is his agent. Right. So he in the um... film is this famous writer. And his car comes off the road in a blizzard and he's taken in by super fan psycho Kathy Bates and then it all kicks off because she doesn't want to let him go and um, things happen. Yeah, which it's I find so out he's killing off her favourite character as well. That's enough misery, that's bad. it, yeah. <laughs> it's hell on, it's absolute hell on. Me and Ant watched it um, when we went camping in the lakes. Um, it was William and Kate's wedding weekend. You know how we had that long weekend off? 
we went camping in the lakes and we took a portable telly with us and ended up watching misery in the pitch black like stars outside it was brilliant and we went with Anne's parents and just as like all the way through the film like proper intense we actually got um what's that okay we actually got um attacked by cockroaches that night so the these where these flying cockroaches on around watching misery complete dead silence and right at the end Anne's mum just piped up and went how did it end again and then you shit yourself I've never levitated or right I totally forgot for a second she was actually there yeah. <laughs> was that like more proper into it like we'd never seen it before so good it's a very engrossing film like it, it kind of invites you in and when you're there you, it's it's just not a nice film I think if that if that's the way I would describe it it just everything about it, it just creeps you out and like say, <laughs> yeah. uh, and like because... character as well as just uh, like I say, she's super sweet and super nice as well. And yeah. you can see there's a thing not quite right in her head. Evil. Yeah, and I think um, it's. I think with with a lot of horror films, the ones that I tend to like the best, are the ones where you might think, you know what, this could actually happen. Yeah. This could happen. <laughs> this yeah. could happen to somebody who you yeah. know. I think yeah, they're similar like type. Of love, it's it's um, the strangers as well has a has a similar type of feel because mm. you think this could happen it's just random people going to paint someone's house and I think at the end of that as well when they say uh, um, why are you doing this and then because you answered the door oh that line just chills us absolutely <laughs> chills us I'm sure that's based on a true story as well oh uh, they keep saying that though but like I say anything probably, like, yeah. <laughs> it could have been like say a murder <laughs> happened years and years ago shit we'll base on a true story <laughs> So that's your top pick or one of your, your, one of your picks? Your that's pick? one of my top picks. One of your top yes. picks. Go on then, Paul, you go next. So, again, I would class this as a horror film, mm. but I think when it was originally released, it was a PG. Okay. But it still absolutely terrifies us to this day. Okay. Arachnophobia from 1990. Right. Oh. Um, like I said, Stan, uh, John Goodman, uh, Jeff Daniels as well. Like I say, uh, I, I, I've never been scared of spiders or had that type of fear. But when I watched that film when I was a kid, even the little garden spiders, I would not go near because they looked like they looked like the ones on the on the film. And again, this was a film that was shown probably on a Saturday afternoon uh, <laughs> viewing because, like I say, it's not very violent. It's not like I say, there's no really much bad language and stuff. It's just like I say about real fear and like again I know it probably couldn't happen but like say if spiders got out it, it is quite scary it could. yeah it could happen especially in my house we've got like we are guaranteed every night greeted by a house spider who mm -hmm. I end up having a convers full on conversation with mm -hmm. giving them the option to either go and hide yeah or be eaten by my cats you take <laughs> the pick you take the pick we're a no kill zone in this house yeah. good I can't stop my cats from doing what's in their nature. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm not I'm not particularly a fond of spiders, but I'm not absolutely terrified of them either. But I've only ever seen arachnophobia once. Mm -hmm. So I have seen it, Carolyn. <laughs> I actually can't believe. Seen it. <laughs> I have seen it. Number one. Yeah. I think, I think I've seen it maybe a couple times, but not uh, it's 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 a film I haven't seen for a long time easily. Yeah. Easily and a long time. It was one of the films when you originally said the 1990s. I quickly looked up the films of the 1990s horrors, mm. and that was one that was good. Yeah, 
I got shudders when I just even about when I saw the picture as well because it brought us back to that memory where Jeff Daniels's family gets out of the house and he's trying to get out and the spider's coming down and it's like say they're just all over the earth. It just makes us feel itchy just thinking about it as well. <laughs> Um, yeah. It's relatable on a, on some level. It's relatable to you, is it, in things that, you know, sort of think, like what you said there, there's a spider in the house and it's... <laughs> and that'd be a like there's a massive one under my kitchen sink and it's living there. <laughs> it? Every time I open the, to, to get, like, anything out from under the kitchen sink and it just, like, comically just hangs down on its little web. <laughs> They're so useful. Oh, you can live there. But, um, no, they, like, they get they get rid of everything. Like this is why we don't particularly like removing them because they they kill all other little bugs and that the re- house spiders are really handy to have around. And if they go outside, they'll die. And yeah. you know, there's plenty of places to hide in my house. You can they can just hide. Just don't bother us or come into my bedroom on my bed like that one night mm. where I had to vacate the bedroom because. <laughs> <laughs> and Beatrice and Baxter did absolutely nothing to get yeah. rid of it, so I was like, "Oh, I guess you're living here, and I'm going in the in the living room." <laughs> yeah, Ruby just kind of stares on. Pixie used to be the the spider killer, but Ruby, she just kind of, if she's in a playful mood, she'll play with them, but she'll not really do much. But uh, another thing about the film I actually loved, and again mentioned it, was Jordan Goodman as the 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 pest, the, like the I can't think of the word now. The, the, like they say, the killer for the pest. Uh, the pest, pest control. Pest control person, yes. <laughs> the brain went, he had a brain fart there. But yeah, um, like I say, he was typical John Goodman, but done it as like the same sort of quirky like, kind of character. Like, like when he couldn't even kill the, the bug and he walks over and stamps on it and says, yeah, I've done my job. But, uh, <laughs> like I say, there's so many little aspects. Um, like I say, even the, the doctor in the jungle as well, he was quite creepy and like I say, not in, in a sinister way, but... I think it was um, Dr. James, I don't know his name, I'm looking up now, but he was played by Julian Sands, obviously um, not a big name, but uh, like I say, I thought he played a good part in the film. Awesome beans. Um, uh, I've only ever seen it once, but John Goodman, man, that guy's just, the big, the big Lebowski. Yes. You cannot, you cannot fault that role at all. He was absolutely hilarious. Like, it's one of the most quotable characters ever. He's so great. To be fair, he's always going to be Dan from Roseanne as well, though. That's the oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Early Dan, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So we're ready to move on to mine? Cool. Right. So I'm going with my first one as <laughs> basically this film for girls of my age who are into stuff like into the, the darker side of life. Uh, this, no, was, this, was, this was their Bible. Um, it's, it's 96 it's directed by andrew fleming and it's the craft this of is the course. one i took out my list because i knew you would have picked it <laughs> because it is fantastic but i am going to go on a slight bit of a rant right. so the cast is brilliant absolutely phenomenal apart from one actress who i could quite easily replace with somebody else and be fine with it robert turn robert turney E my God, I watched it last night. That woman cannot act. Not in this film. She's brilliant in Empire Records, but she is so stiff in the way she says Mother and Earth. It does me head in. Oh, and the fact that you can see our, our, our lace front as well, because she did Empire Records just before she did the craft, and obviously in Empire Records, she, she shaves all her hair off. 
So she has no hair. So what she's wearing is a wig. But you can mm. see a lace front all the way through the film. And that's all I'm staring at. But an acting man, it's so stiff. But so I watched it last night in preparation for today. But what I also watched straight afterwards was the the craft the legacy. Oh fuck that. That was terrible. I actually didn't oh, mind oh, it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna call you then. That, uh, we watched it, I was like, no, this is absolutely shame. <laughs> oh, I actually no, I told I, I do get what you're saying. Cause oh my god. This is all on the legacy to be but, Yeah, but this do you know what the re- the missed an absolute trick with it because they could have really focused on the David and the company side of the story mm-hmm. and had the the witch part is as, as they actually did, which is a secondary fiddle in this film. Like it wasn't it wasn't the main focus, but they didn't hone in on the David and the company side thing yeah. better. And no. if I hadn't have gone on IMDB, I wouldn't have <laughs> I would have gotten a bit of a shock at the end. But I did, and I saw who was in it, and I was like, "God damn it!" So I watched the Legacy last yeah, night. Since I, I saw the, since I mentioned she was adopted, I went right. I know yeah. I, I didn't do it, but I, I called it. But every, the worst thing about it, because what I liked about the craft, it was a, a bit unpredictable. It was fun. This one, you knew literally. This, the sequel was everything you could paint by numbers. Everything that was going to happen in it, you yeah. knew David Duchovny's character was going to be bad. You knew the sons, but um, but no, like I say, going back to the original pick as well, the craft. To me, I absolutely like I say again. I'm not a teenage girl, but I I, I did love that film at the time because it was there was not many films like that at the time as well because it, it wasn't shiny, it wasn't pretty, it was quite uh, dark and dirty as well. Yeah, it kind of ticks. Awesome. It ticks those boxes for you know like those teen films. Yeah. That was so easy to watch, but like you say, at the same time, it had a gritty side to it. Mm-hmm. It was so relatable on just like a high school level. Yeah. And for us, when that came out, we were halfway through secondary school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, primary school. <laughs> um, so, you know, all of that. Um, you know, the, the peer pressure and the, the, the bullying theme that, you know, came into the film and, you know, girls wanting to be popular, girls having problems. And that all was very relatable. Mm-hmm. And I think especially, you know, if you were at school, maybe, you know, in a camp that wasn't the desirable camp, yeah. maybe you kind of got a bit of a, yeah, I think we were all a, bit of a kick out with that. <laughs> I definitely was. This was like, like I said, it, it was any girl who was into the darker side of life at that time, which I was just starting to, this just became a Bible. Like this was, you you kept this close to your heart and you got into like, you, you learned like the different sides of things like, and then the Wiccan side as well. And, but, um, and what a but, soundtrack as well though. Oh, what a soundtrack. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I was reading the IMDb's on this last night in preparation and Holly Marie, Holly Marie Coombs was actually auditioned for Sarah, the main character played by Robin Turney, who would have been better, but that's beside the point. And then she goes on and go, stars in the craft in Charmed. Mm. So she was a top pick. There was a few actresses who uh, Scarlett Johansson was one of them. Oh, right. Um, but it would have been a very young Scarlett yeah. Johansson. But the all of them were pretty young. Obviously, you know. 
Nev Campbell was just, or Neve Campbell, however you pronounce <laughs> it, just yep. coming out a party of five. So yep. she was just, start, I think she did this and then she did Scream straight mm -hmm. afterwards. So yep. she was just starting to get into, um, into films. But Rachel True, who is, um, is it Michelle? Is it Michelle? I think our character's name is Michelle. She was 30 years old. Right. Not too bad. That's what that's what you did back then. You had, you know, you had like thirty year olds playing teenagers. Yeah. Look at Greece. No, that wasn't Greece. Greece was about forty old, wasn't she? Yeah. I'm sure Rachel True is going to be it for the love of horror. I believe. Yeah, I think she is. Yeah. One of the conventions we're going to, she's going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be a class if it was a craft reunion. Maybe they will. Well, Plenty times to announce more guests. Neve's doing a uh, Scream. Is it five now? Is it six? Yes. Scream 5 2022. I cannot wait. I absolutely love the Scream franchise. And half the reason why it's not allowed in these lists is because yes, we would all pick it. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would all pick it. It's yeah. as simple as. Right, Carolyn, get on your next, next one. Next. 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 You're going to say, oh, is that really a film? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is because Carol yes, is on DVD. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> it's it right. because it was the first it that was made for TV movies. Yeah, so it, was it a is two parter, movie. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So yeah, two parter. Um, nineteen ninety again just creeps in. This was just an immediate like yeah top five for me. So I think for a lot of people, where do you know Tim Curry from? For me. He's Pennywise. Pennywise, or, uh, or the darkness from Legend. Or Frank and Ferda. That's where I found him. Yeah, he's, he's Pennywise for me. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's a, and I, well, as I was having my um, bit of research time on this last night, I um, totally forgot that Seth Green's in this. Yes. yes. Young Seth Green. Yeah, uh, uh, Richie. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yes, it says Richie Toza. Um, I actually watched the second part of the new ones the other night, and I, I, I didn't pick this because I knew you were picking it <laughs> because you asked if it fell into the genre, and I said <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's the, one, it's the only one I knew, and that said yes because it is a made-for-TV movie. Um, mm. And if you own it on DVD, they don't separate it, so it just yeah. goes straight into the second part. Didn't um, they do a version where it was on two sides of the disc? You've watched the first part, then you had to take it out and watch the other side of the disc. Yeah. Most likely, I mean, old school like me, that's yeah. the one that you own, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think my exorcists like that, you know. I don't know why because it's not really that long film, but my exorcist on DVD, you've got to turn it over halfway up through. Apparently, the side cut on four Ks in two discs as well. No but, idea. but anyway but john there's so many good characters in this though like john ritter's in this mm -hmm. john ritter oh john ritter was brilliant as ben hansen wasn't it ben yeah. yes yeah jonathan brandis rest in peace mm -hmm. oh he was was he mentioned in another one of our videos no that was another kid that was last week that was the ghost world kid oh. but, um, but he was kind of like the early 90s heartthrob was he mm -hmm. he was he was heading in that direction and that is really what sadly took his life because he just when he when he got to a certain age, then roles nah, the roles weren't coming because yeah. people wanted him as he was, and oh, it's so sad. He was such a talent because he, yeah. he is a really good. Um, oh, what's the name, Billy? 
believe. Bill Denbrook. Oh. <laughs> and, and of course, Richard Thomas is the older version of Bill from the Waltons. Yes. John yes. yeah. Boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've, did, I, did I like the first half of, of, of it. I don't rather than the second half. I'm not really a big fan of the the big giant spider thing. I think. Oh, that's oh yeah. Yeah. well, we've just we've learned why. Probably <laughs> 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 a theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, no, no, I, yeah, I, I was thinking about it as well. But as you said, was debate whether it was actually a movie or made for TV. Uh, like so with the two partner that's why I left it out as well because like as I said that was probably that was one of the films that you watched as a kid and you, you went around with your mates and said oh have you seen this yet and mm, yeah. like I say it was fucking nightmare fuel you used to be terrified <laughs> of that <laughs> it really was who's your favourite loser though um, Richie like Seth Green I, like I say he always used to make us laugh and I, I liked him in the new one as well the, the guy who out of Stranger Things who played him as well and Bill Hader who that's just They've got the adult, adult version, like the adults of the mm. children, totally spot on. That's Charlie probably Hughes. one of my big problems with the new it that it was too long. You probably the second part you could probably cut forty five minutes it wasn't out. Wasn't long enough, and it would be a better film. But they went back to the kids too much in the second part. If you were more interested in the other one, you've seen that before. But yeah. again, that's a different subject to. to <laughs> <laughs> um, go on, Carolyn. Who's your favourite loser? I think Ben was my favourite. Ben Hansen. Yeah, because he was just so canny, wasn't he? Oh, he was. Bless mine, him. Oh, mine was Eddie. Eddie Spaghetti. I just Eddie's love scary. him. I love, just, yeah, I love him in the, I love him more because of the newer version of it. I love mm-hmm. the little kid who plays him, who was in Shazam. Yeah. And he's, um, James Ranscombe, who plays him as an adult. They just, they were the two, they were exactly the same person. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it, and I bawl my eyes out on each version when Eddie goes. Because mm-hmm. I think he died through asthmatic attack, didn't he? On the first one? Because he uses his inhaler. No, he, got, yeah. he, gets, he gets caught in the, the deadlights, doesn't he? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The deadlights, remember. <laughs> Have you ever read the book, though? Yes, it's <laughs> it's got some interesting chapters, so we say. <laughs> Yeah. That's a fucking big book as well. I didn't expect it to be as oh, long as it was. My copy is not in here. It's in the other bedroom, but it's huge. I think I'm getting halfway through it, and I was like, I'm exhausted by this. Yeah. There's so much detail. Oh, so Stephen King. <laughs> he yeah. can spend a chapter just telling you what his rooms look like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely could. Right, we're ready to move on, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. That Carolyn's first two picks have been Stephen King. Stephen though, King, yes. A, I know he was big in the nineties. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go for a little bit later. So mm-hmm. this one was 1996, right. uh, starred Michael J. Fox. Oh. <laughs> so it was the Frighteners, directed by yes. Peter Jackson. Um, it was one of the first like horror films I saw. Well, because I, I was a well, I am the 80s. I love anything to do with the 80s. So. As soon as I heard Michael J. Fox was starring in a new film, I was like getting really excited. Um, remember going to see it and not really because like I said, not expecting it to be what it was. And absolutely, I probably didn't like it as much when I was a kid, but when I revisited it when I was older, I loved it a lot more. I kind of got it a bit more, I think. And the ghosts are hilarious, and in it, but the whole Grim Reaper aspect and the serial killer 
part of it with the numbers, um, which is pretty done the whole like aspect of how he lost his wife and how he was this big su success and kind of lost it all because of uh, what happened to him and become the kind of uh, charlatan that he that he became towards that uh, that he was in the film as well. But it was interesting to see Michael J. Fox not well be the hero, but not be as heroic as he has been in Back to the Future, Team mm -hmm. Wolf and, and so on. But yeah, the frightening is that it did have a big impression on us. And I loved like the artwork and like say the Martin campaign as well, because like say the DVD cover had like the kind of the face that was coming through it as well. Yeah, I remember it. Oh, such a good film. It's mm. one of those ones, it's, that for me is like a proper Sunday afternoon film. Like yeah. you've just had your dinner. It's time to chill out, just put the frighteners mm -hmm. on. So good. It's got the drill sergeant in as well from uh, yep. Full Metal Jacket. Uh, and um, the main killer was the guy out of uh, Starship Troopers as well. Yeah, it uh, was. I love Starship Troopers. Massive teeth. <laughs> yes. And the D, is it D. Williams is Patricia? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it D. Williams? I've just, just got rid of the I think it's D. Williams. <laughs> Massive. If it is Dee Williams, she is a huge in horror films. Like she's been in quite a few. Um, most recently, she was in Rob Zombie's. Last yeah, Dee Wall Wallace. Dee Wallace. Dee Wallace. Dee Wallace. Yeah. Well, at least I didn't get it totally wrong like, um, <laughs> last week. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, I'm not good with names, but she's she's in like Cujo and um, she's. Oh gosh, what a shy but the Rob Zombie film. She was in that the most recent one he did. Uh, but the Jake Boosie was the guy with the teeth. Um except Gary Boosie's son. Yeah. Um who played like the Grim Reaper or the serial killer in it as well, who was like say when you because but at this point I didn't see many films with, with twist. I know um like say when this when the fifth uh, fifth element uh, not the fifth element, when the sixth sense, sorry, came out and then twists become all the big fad, but this one had a like a little twist in it where you thought the girl that Michael J. Fox was trying to protect was really the, the killer um, with the, with the ghost as well. Yeah, so that was um, a quite an interesting spin on it. And it's such a setting; it's such a Peter Jackson setting as well. Like mm -hmm. the, the the town that he uses is very similar to some other films that he's done before, um, and I don't want to talk about it because it'll ruin one of mine. <laughs> but it is very similar in in sentences. I mean, we know Peter Jackson from Lord of the Rings. He does, it, but these were films that were still not on the grand scheme of things, but still absolutely spectacular. Like he knows how to, um, he knows how to use not just practical effects but CGI a lot of. Yeah. I mean, imagine it was a lot CGI in it as opposed yeah. to practical, which was mm. sometimes you just kind of get you can't get around it. Like the ghost effects were fantastic. Yeah, at, uh, at the time, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that time, mm -hmm. definitely. definitely. Kind of makes him feel like he was just trying trying out the techniques leading up to Lord of the Rings just to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, I know it probably wasn't in his mindset for then, but you, you've got to wonder what what was in the planning process as well. Yeah, because the fright because I know he started off in in the horror genre as well. Was it Brian that he started off with as well? Mm -hmm. So, but it's mm -hmm. amazing, like when you think of all these big big name actors that. I mean, directors now that came from the, the like this, like the gory horror genres, like say, if you like a Sam Raimi as well. Uh, now doing Doctor Strange in the Marvel universe, starting off in like the Evil Dead. It's 
Uh, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Would well, you want to move on to my next one? Oh, well then. Because <laughs> my next one's a Peter Jackson one. All right. <laughs> it's from 92. You've just said the name of it. It's brain dead. Or <laughs> sorry, dead, dead alive. <laughs> this this is not normally one of my go-to films because of the gore aspect of it. Have you seen it before? I have, but it's been a it's been a minute. It's it's I've must have been about twenty years since I've last last watched it. The gore elements in this is absolutely ridiculous, and it it's stomach churning because it's. It's the coloration and the texture of it, like it's vile, but it's uh, <laughs> it's just wrong. Um, it has some of the best quotes in there, like "Your mother ate my dog" is one of them, and the priest says, "I kick ass in the name of the Lord." I could not stop laughing at that last night, but. This is how gory it got. So for just the final scene, this is not anything in between, bearing in mind it is a gore fest, but for the final scene, there was 300 litres of fake blood used. That's just one final scene. That does not include the rest of it. I don't remember it now. Is that the lawnmower? Or is that the marking of the <laughs> It's just after the lawnmower. Picks a lawnmower up to kill... Because what happens is he's, it's very... It starts almost like exorcisty, you know, right. the, um, in the desert, and mm -hmm. the find the Pazuza in the desert. Well, in this one, the find a rat monkey that <laughs> is um, that's pretty dangerous. This rat monkey that gets transported over to is it New Zealand? Peter Jackson's from. I don't want to get that wrong. So, yeah. I'm, uh, is it New Zealand? No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So this rat monkey, this rat monkey gets <laughs> well, he gets transported over to a zoo. And you meet your hero, which is Lionel, played by Timothy Blaine. And he falls in love with a, oh, which I don't know a heritage properly. I think it said she was Spanish. Um, called, oh, what's her name? Oh, God, they would not stop saying it on the film as well. They say it all the time. And I cannot remember what her name is. But he's end, they end up having a connection. But... Lionel is very much a Norman Bates character. Like he has a mother who is just absolutely obsessed with him. And she ends up following him to the zoo and she gets bit by a rat monkey. And within a few days, turns into an absolute wretched zombie, which are absolutely disgusting. And then it just goes on a mad trail of the mom gets bit and dies. And then, then she kills the nurse in the most horrible way possible. Literally just gets a hold of her face and just pulls it back. Um, then you've got the priest who buried her who dies, then a bunch of um, a gang member who ends up beating up on Lionel, he gets killed and Lionel then ends up taking them all back to his house because that's the normal same thing to do and leaves them in the basement the nun, no, the nurse and the priest end up having a baby <laughs> yeah that happens, Lionel ends up taking that baby out for a walk so the public can see it and then his uncle who came to his mother's funeral, tried to take his house off him, and has him as a party, and it all just, the shit just hits the fan, like literally. And it is just a gore fest. I remember but, it, being, it being messy. They, see, I, I, I know Nick, she loves the, the gorier the better than, like say for her, she she, she likes a bit of torture, torture porn shite. Um, I'm not a torture porn fan, but I didn't find this like that. Apparently, the New Zealand government loved it so much because the um, the blood and 
the the like the the blood the, the blood in it and the gore in it was too comical and right. it was, they didn't they didn't find it offensive so they were more than willing to actually give it a lower certificate than what it was intended to get for more people to go and see it because they absolutely loved it they thought it did new zealand proud they've got a good sense of humor over there so oh, oh definitely definitely so yeah brain dead i know it's called dead alive in other places but i've never known it uh, under that it's title. always been brain dead over here i know um i'm tr trying to think because was it part of the video nasty list as well that was banned was it? I'm not. I could be wrong. I know there was like say a lot of films around about that time that was banned in the UK. Might be not for the cinema release, but for video like mm. home release. Again, I, I, that might be just me thinking thinking wrong there, but I'm sure it was one of the video nasties. Well, Peter Jackson also likes to reuse some of his cast, and mm -hmm. Elizabeth Moody was one such actress who played Lionel's mom. If you look very closely in Lord of the Rings, in the Shire, when the party is going on, you will see her walking around. Okay. She is a very distinctive-looking woman, very harsh features. Talking about she, um, gross films, though, like... Funny enough, I've just been because I, like I was saying last week, me and Nick went to the cinema this week mm -hmm. for the first time. New Bogan, the yeah. it's called the Super Screen. It's after Smith is massive. Went to see Spiral, um, like I say, the New Book Star. of Saw, but Chris Rock's actually quite good in it, which was surprising. I've heard. But, yeah, it's it's not like there was bits I had to put me jacket over my head when there was when the typical Saw route showing all the gore, but mm -hmm. um. I would recommend it as well. Like I say, it was actually not a bad film. You don't expect Chris Rock to be in oh, that role, do you? No. Total opposite. Not yeah. It was a bit of a scary moment at the beginning when he started going into Chris Rock mode when he was starting telling stories about how marriage works and how the wife always. That's what I thought it was going to be like. But then when it's, the film started getting going, it started actually being quite de decent. You've done a lot of hmm? smell the fart acting, but... Oh, there's a few people who do that. Matthew from Downton Abbey, he does that all the time. And always says he looks like when he's walking in a room, he smelled the fart because he's just like looking around. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. A nice foray back to the cinema this week, though. Oh, nice. Well, that's mine. Brain Dead. I absolutely love it. It is gory. It is funny and it is it's just got a decent it's got a decent story as well and it's zombies there you go there you go but carolyn what's your next pick my third one is silence of the lambs Ooh, well controversial. it's on my list as well so we'll do a joint one we'll do a joint one from 1991 directed yeah. by jonathan how long do you want to pronounce it Demi, yeah. Demi, based on the amazing book by thomas harris so you give me shit the other weeks about alien being sci-fi. This, this is, is psychological horror. It is is a cannibal. This is psychological. This, again, this could happen. This could happen. happen. Yes. And he's a cannibal. Yeah. Well, Hannibal the cannibal, but Buffalo Bill wasn't a cannibal. No, he was a serial killer. <laughs> and I just love the fact that there's two aspects of this film. Yes. You've got. You've got the. What do you call them? Well, we've just been talking about him, that he Hannibal Lecter, yep. and then you've got the Buffalo Bill side of it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, with this, I think this was probably, for me, 
when I started to really take notice of Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, this <laughs> I didn't realise this is only the third film to win all five Oscars in the main categories, which are really? uh, director, actor, actress, best picture, and best adapted screenplay. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's only I think. Um, or accepted to be the only best picture, which is a horror film. Mm-hmm. So the others, which were only nominees, I think, are The Exorcist, yeah. Jaws, The Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. Black Swan, and Get Out, which is a more recent-ish one. I would have that. That's a good thing. Like you said, Black Swan, that's a good show. I never, would never consider that as like a horror, but... It's the first film that absolutely scared the bejesus out of us, like genuinely scared the crap out of us. I've been watching horror since I was about seven years old. Nothing really, like the, the likes of Freddie and Michael and Jason just do not scare us. But this, I was at a sleepover and we went downstairs to me and my friend's house and we went downstairs and our dad was watching it. and. Uh, Amy and uh, my friend started asking questions like, Oh, what's a cannibal? And so he told us what a cannibal was. I have never been <laughs> so scared in all my life to the point where I got a trap nerve in my leg because <laughs> I was that scared. The idea that it, you know, Michael and Freddie and Jason, they're not real. Yeah. He is very much an actual person who can kill people. And still to this day, I still get creeped out by the kind of like I can't if I listen to a podcast that's got anything to do with cannibalism I can't listen to it and Anthony it Hopkins it has a little bit of a likability factor in that film as well which yeah. always kind of because you didn't want to like them but you kind of did as well um it was a, like a really, really interesting type of they did it really well in Hannibal to make them more likable you felt yeah. something yeah. for him in Hannibal and um, but Tom uh, the Thomas Harris series is some of my favorite books. Red Dragon is actually my favorite all-time book of ever. Mm. And but you think Hannibal, you think of Hannibal Lecter, don't you? Yes. Oh, it, it's the first thing that I think you like, see. You wouldn't think of like Ed Gein or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre would always be Hannibal Lecter. That would be. But he's not the first Hannibal Lecter. No, Brian Cox. Brian Cox is the first Hannibal Lecter, and he is very good. But I do not like that film because it is ripped directly from Red Dragon, and it doesn't do it justice. But he's not a bad Hannibal Lecter. I always prefer uh, Manhunter over the new Red Dragon film. Mm. I thought the two fairy in Manhunter was so much more sinister than... Uh, is it Ralph Fiennes or Rafe Fiennes? Yeah. Rafe. Is it Rafe pronounced Rafe Fiennes? Rafe. If you're of a certain wealth level, you just pronounce it Rafe <laughs> rather than Ralph. But it's got an L in it, so it's <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> Um, it's I think Red Dragon. I think the book and the film are very much like not the book, but the the film Red Dragon is is so good. Like that is my Will Graham. Mm-hmm. That's how I see him in the book, not from the TV series. I no, hated how they portrayed Will in that TV series. That yeah. he was just whiny and whingy and morbid and oh, he just did me tits in. Mm. Do not like him. But um, I can't, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Um, because I'm going to totally show myself up. The guy who played Hannibal in the TV show. Um, oh, and Mars, Mads Mads Magnusson, was it? Mads Mikkelsen. Mikkelsen, that's the one. He was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. 
He is very good. It's the, it's the suave and the sophisticated side of it. What you those big shoes to fill if you're going to play. Yes. Definitely. Is it? He, he is brilliant. What but, really freaks me out. Jodie Foster's nice, darling. I don't like... Um, no, I don't like Julian Moore as much. No. No. But that's no, the thing, like, say, when you the Silence Lambs, there's no weak points in the film. And you think of it, like, say, that every, every actor and even every part ha- plays through, even from going to, like, say, the, I'm going to, I can't forget his name, but the guy who is the psychiatrist who's trying to make money off uh, Hannibal Lecter and Jodie Foster, he yeah. is so slippery and, and snake-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, say, how they use Jodie Foster to get information because they knew... Hannibal would be drawn to her was like I say everything like even to the bit where she gets uh, the horrible scene when she gets things slapped in her face. It's all there to make you feel uncomfortable and you don't ever sit there feeling at ease as well. That's what, as I said, I know I'll give you shit, but um, it is a good horror film for that aspect because there's no aspect where you, you feel comfortable in that film. No. no, not at all. And the wonderful um, Scott Glenn, if you Daredevil fans, plays Nick. Mm. He is actually in it. Played um, Jack Crawford, who mm. is played by Harvey Keitel in the in Red Dragon. Mm. And I actually prefer Scott Glenn to Harvey as um, Crawford. Thought yeah, because you, you know I mean I like Crawford, and Harvey Keitel had a like a likability factor in the mm. other ones. Where this one, he's an asshole. He's a he's a twat. Mm, I always thought he was because, like I say, he used he uses Stalin. He, he doesn't like Stalin. <laughs> we did use that. Yeah. The um, the scene with the in the in the lift and mm-hmm. that that bit there really really freaks us out. Yeah. Um, especially when I got stuck at work in the lift one time and I took a photograph and some of uh, somebody said if you look up it looks like you're in the lift from silence of the lamb. Looking for blood <laughs> dripping down. Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> All right, just remember like as long as you're not in there with a the body sight lying down you you'll be no you'll be fine. <laughs> it's just that the, what really what really is great as well is them the, when you find out what and this is what really there's one line in screen that really bugs the life out of us. And it's they always say, did they ever find out why why Hannibal the Hannibal Lecter did what he did? No, I don't think so. Well, the fucking did know what he why he did it for because he wanted to make the world a better place. He killed people for perfection. That's so why little, he did it. So he's a little bit like oh. Dexter as well, wasn't he? he didn't he, mm-hmm. he really killed bad people type thing? <laughs> these were people who really they didn't do anything wrong. Like in the beginning of Red Dragon, you're watching an orchestra and you can hear one person in the orchestra just messing it up going, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, and you can see him wincing when it's happening. And then later on at the dinner table, they're talking about how that person is missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's because you're eating them right now. <laughs> because he, he hated imperfection. He hated imperfection. He loved perfection. And he just, he ridded the world of what he thought was, was wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And that's why he did it for. And I hate that line in screen. It sets me teeth on edge. And he, and he likes Starling, doesn't he? And he wants her to be perfect in what she does. That's why he gets really angry with her when he's like quizzing her mm-hmm. about because obviously she goes to him, doesn't she, when he's locked in mm-hmm. in the um, in the cell. Cage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and he he wants her to be perfect at what she does. So he's saying wrong. That's wrong. Why do you think? Why do you think? So, as much as she's been educated by 
the FBI. She's really being educated mm-hmm. by him. Because mm-hmm. oh, he really has got that insight. Yeah. It's it's amazing how like see, just like he sees that in her and says, Right, I'm not gonna let her be anything less than mm-hmm. she, what she could be type thing. Exactly. But like say the guy who plays Buffalo Bill as well, like say he's done loads of uh, like things since then, but to me, you'll always be buffaloes, and like when you're hearing the song "Wild Horse." Uh, Goodbye, horses. horses. But, um, <laughs> like I that, that again, I remember saying that for the first time, not be, no, not knowing what it like say a transvestite or a transsexual was, and I was getting, I actually went to turn around, and my mum went, "Where's his penis?" Just <laughs> 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 didn't quite get it, but yeah, well, I, um, like I said, that was just the whole level of sinister, really it's the um it's the scream do you know when he, he does the whole you put the lotion oh, in the basket. basket or you get the hose again and then she starts screaming and then he starts screaming it just it, it, it's so sinister it just sets us on edge he is terrifying and i did watch all of my films last night in preparation and i purposely left silence of the lambs to the end because if i couldn't watch it i was fine with that <laughs> i still get freaked out by it He's watched, um, have you watched the new show, Clarice? Uh, no. There's a new one, new one started now. Where just it's basically uh, based on Clarice Starling after Sansa Lambs and what she's going through. Uh, like the victim who was in the well is ringing her all the time to try and say like get support, and she's de- de- dealing with the PTA of, of Buffalo Bill and stuff. So I don't think they, they can use Hannibal Lecter because they don't have the rights. It's the same with. The Hannibal uh, Sto- uh, series not allowed to use Chloe Stalin, so it's the same type oh, of rules. I, but, didn't know um, I think it's halfway through, or maybe the first season might be out now. I know I watched the first episode a few weeks ago. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I can say, yeah, there's something like they had to watch as well. Not my cup of tea. I learned my lesson from watching the Exodus TV show. Once you go past the big twist, you're like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> um, are you ready for yours, Paul? Cool. So, <clears throat> again, this is another one of my late ones. So 1996, I know it says late, but I think like most of the better uh, horror films were in the early 90s when I've looked at it. Uh, again, like I say, I remember watching this for the first time, but being lucky enough not to know what it was about. I didn't see any movie trailers uh, and, and like I say, watching and being completely blown away by the whole change in in the film it was done by directed by Robert Rodriguez. Oh, still done. And um, like I said, starring the wonderful George Clooney, which I've never thought I would ever see. <laughs> I I didn't actually know where you were going with that build up to with mind until you said Robert Rodriguez, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Because like I say, it, it it felt like a like I said. A western almost like in the first part where they kidnap like say Juliet Lewis, Harvey Keitel, and and like they say the the, the adopted brother, and going and trying to get into Mexico, and you're thinking oh they're just trying to get away from like say the the police, and you thought Quentin Tarantino, which was one sick fucker in that film, like I say he was not nice to watch, um you thought that was going to be the horror aspect, like I say that like I say that team, but when it gets to the titty twister. Oh fuck! Does shit go down, <laughs> which you don't massively, really expect. Massively, um, it's what was I gonna? I was gonna say something because it. Oh, you can totally see where Robert Rodriguez just 
must have started doing some heavy drugs because <laughs> the film is like in two like one's like one's like proper sadistic and twisted for its own reasons and then it just gets absolutely fucking bizarre like to the point where it's, it's just drug fueled yeah. craziness you definitely two two different films and the great tom savini's in this film Yes, I was going to say that, like the practical ah. effects used in this was, I know they used a little bit of CGI, but a lot of it was practical that they used. Like, say, the, most of the vampires, like the bands using, like, their dead bodies as instruments and stuff. But, um, like I say, the, the thing that stands out to me as well, I know, like, say, I'm not trying to be creepy or anything, was Salma Hayek's chest. Or, not just the chest, just the dance. Like, say, when she Unreal. introduces everyone in that bar, and, like, say, the way she picks on, um, like, say, Quentin Tarantino's Richie um, was just, like, say, as a teenage boy, that was just mind-blowing. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen anything like that uh, from a film before. She is unreal. That woman is absolutely stunning. Just never changed. Never. No. <laughs> maybe she really is a vampire as well, like Paul Rudd. Yeah, maybe she is. And, um, she's also joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. The yes. Eternals. The Eternals, yeah. She is stunning. Yeah. That film is just, it's just crazy. It's like, mm. just, it, there's no words to describe the end part of it because it's that crazy. What's Tom Savini's character? It's um, sex, machine. Sex, sex machine, that's it. <laughs> like, yes. come on. Hey, that is just madness. Did he do the makeup for it as well? Because that makes I believe so. Again, I could be wrong, but I, I can't understand them having them in without them yeah, doing without that them type doing of it. aspect. But, yeah. like, if you're thinking about a film that's going to, like, say, when you see a predictable or thing, it takes you down so many roads. And even, like, say, the end scene, when you look at the back of the titty twister and you see the cabine, you see all the years and years of, like, all the vans and all the different things that must have just been getting. Uh, but, like, say, to me, like, if, you, if you're talking about a 90s horror film, uh, that's, like, say, not a slasher. To me, that's quintessential, no, no. one of the one of the better ones. I'd like to say, I, I, even if it wasn't a horror film, I still think it's a good film. And like yeah. the cast, and again, going back to when we said about the craft, the soundtrack is like, is amazing as well for this. So good, so good. It's not one of my favorites, um, but it is it is a really good choice. That's a good choice. Tarantino is fantastic in this. Yeah, like that dude can act in that mind. There's no, there's no scenery chewing whatsoever, and he's so fucking sadistic. The only it, thing I worry about is it, is it just Tarantino playing Tarantino? <laughs> I absolutely hope not. <laughs> oh, I should have. Like, say George Clooney, like, there's not many things like, like, I still haven't forgiven Clooney for Batman, so. I don't think Clooney's forgiven himself for Batman, so don't worry about it. <laughs> he was absolutely brilliant, and. Again, it's disappointing, but he started a craze with the whole tribal tattoo. I think after that, yeah. so many people like from our age group got tattoos like that as well. <laughs> that was quite, um, which you didn't really expect from George Clooney. It's the one, the one tattoo I don't have, thank God, is the <laughs> tribal one. <laughs> I think I've got every other cliche tattoo going, but I don't have the tribal one. <laughs> God. Um, it's a good choice. What year was that? 1996. 96? Yeah. And even like, yeah, like, like, like the vampires, like Danny Trejo, um, like I know quintessential Mexican actor, Danny Trejo, um, he, he played Danny. a good role in it as well. Like, Danny's so good. That guy is so underrated. Like he always gets 
like side roles, but he's such a good actor. Mm. Um, my favorite, and it's ridiculous, is Fanboys. Fan he's, the chief. <laughs> he's the chief. He refers to himself in the third person. He's in it for seconds, yeah. but he's so good. He's such a good, and he's also in Conair. Yeah, I was going to say Conair is the one that jumps out to me when I first, I think that was the first film I saw him in because, um, like I say, I, I wasn't big on the whole, like I say, type of like Desperado and, and stuff oh. like that. Uh, like the El Machiach, uh, uh, trilogy. Did you watch um, Machete? Machete. And Machete. I uh, Machete. Machete it's Returns as well as. <laughs> so bad, but it's so good at the same time. It's like, it's like you get to the point where you're like, what the fuck is my watching here? And then you're like, oh, I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going with it. Wasn't it originally part of like, say, the the death truth and it's the um it's the did like, a oh. like dodgy trailers they did between yeah, the, the yeah, double bill grindhouse grind, grindhouse that's it it was yeah. the grindhouse because um they did machete the rob zombie did one mm-hmm. with oh that was um, the ss ss, uh, SS werewolf things yeah uh-huh um and that was meant to i think they were all meant to be put into like little either a mini film or like an actual film um, but he never did. It. I, I don't know how he would get away with doing SS werewolves. How, like, but saying that, there's a lot of um, horror. If you look within the horror genre, there's a lot of um, Nazi zombie films out there. Mm. They're not, not very, very good, good ones, but they're out not there. Not very good <laughs> ones, but they're out there. So uh, that's a good, good choice. Right, Carolyn, are you going for your next one? Yeah. My fourth one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. The original Buffy, um, with uh, Christy Swanson, Luke Perry, and Donald Sutherland. How funky so... is your chicken? <laughs> it's amazing. Give it off, well, isn't it as well? Yeah. Yep. So um, yeah, I mean, unpopular at the moment is Joss Whedon is um, mm. obviously screenplay by him, um, and also produced by the lady who um, produced the TV series with Sarah Michelle Gellar. And also Angel, um, Fran Rubel Kazooie. Yeah. Um, Seth Green's in this film again, which obviously led him to Buffy. Right. Oh, I, God, I didn't know Seth Green was in it. No. I didn't know he was in it either. Yeah. I'm totally He's uncredited. Blanket. The same as Ricky Lake in Ben Affleck. Oh, no, Ben Affleck, he's a basketball player, I remember seeing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Affleck's anything. Affleck, Affleck, Affleck can't do any wrong. <laughs> yeah, Hillary Swank's in it too. Rutger Hauer, they're in it. Yes, Hillary's one of the friends, R- isn't she? R- She's R- part Hauer. of the crew. Yeah. I, I tell you what stands out for me for Buffy is when that guy with the, the mullet and the beard dies. He's going ooh ooh ooh. Yeah, really. Bad. <laughs> it's Paul Rubin, isn't it? Paul Rubin's in this. Uh, it's Paul Rubin. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> Paul Rubin, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, David Arquette obviously is um, Benny. Yeah. He's. Wow. Um, Luke Perry's friend, isn't he, who gets yeah. made into a vampire at the start of film, so... It's when amazing you when, you, when you talk about Buffy and, like, see a lot of the fans I know have shown me age now are watching it now or being reintroduced. they don't even know a Buffy the Vampire Slayer film was made. That's, yeah. that's the craziness of it. But I, I remember when that came out, because, like you said, the, there was big... Uh, there was, was adverts and stuff, like, the trailers was going big on the, the cinema because it, it did get a, quite a big uh, push. Was it a success or did it flop? Uh, I don't know, but it's cult, isn't it? Cult. Um, I mean, Definitely cult. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, now I've, I, haven't, I haven't watched it for a number of years, but me and my brother must have watched that like 
hundreds of times mm. back then when you know when you were, I mean 92 that film so you know it was kind of okay enough for your mum and dad to let you watch it <laughs> yeah it wasn't scary true. enough to say oh you'll give you nightmares we're not allowed to watch that one but yeah yeah uh, yeah it was fine it was fine what I got really this is I used to love but watching Buffy I can see watching the tv show now um I can see I'm revisiting it I'm up to season three and I, I'm struggling with season three with the, the Buffy the college years I know oh, uh, me and Sam talked about it uh, a few weeks ago but I might revisit the film because I, I, I've got fond memories in, like say, with um, the unfortunate passing last year of uh, Luke Perry as Luke well. Perry. Um, do you know his mm-hmm. son actually wrestles, wrestles for AEW uh, as Jungle Boy? Oh, really? Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a professional wrestler as well now. Wasn't she meant to be Buffy Summers in the TV programme? Weren't they going to translate it over to TV with her? Or am I just making that oh. up? That might be true. I'm sure that it was somewhere that she was going to be Buffy within the TV show, but something went horribly wrong because they were just going to transfer it over. That was our old school. Yeah. This was our new one. Yeah. Because it's not yeah. Sunnydale, is it, in the film? No, it's a no. no it's, it's basically after the events of the first film is like when Buffy the Vampire starts up because she talks about burning the gym down and stuff. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. she was meant to translate over to the TV show, but I think by the time it came out, she kind of like moved on from that. Wasn't sure a bit of a arsehole as well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think she got a bit of a, of a station for a, for a long period as well, because she went off the rails, I think. Nah, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 who doesn't? It is a good watch. There's some names in there, like I had no idea Ben Affleck was in it. Yeah. Hilary Swank was the one where I think I rewatched really a few years ago and I was like, shit. Uh, she plays one of her friends, doesn't she? Yeah. Funky chicken man. She's like the Cordelia of the, of, the, of the group then. <laughs> but she's like, she's like one of the popular crowd, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the TV series, she's kind of one of the unpopular ones, almost. <laughs> Especially yeah. when she first starts the school, isn't she? She's kind of shunned a bit. Mm. She starts off like, say, they start telling her how to behave and stuff, but then she draw, gets drawn to Xander and uh, and Willow. Um, yeah. The, the, the Scooby Gang. <laughs> yeah. I would I would rewatch them again, but I cannot get past the high school bit. I I would literally start from when she goes to college. I think that's where it gets more interesting. But we've already had this discussion before. <laughs> Paul will not agree with us. No. He struggles with the college ones. Yes. So, so is that your number four? Yes. Well, I'm going to keep in with the theme. Mm-hmm. 95. It's a vampire film. Right. It's directed by Neil Jordan. Don't know the name. It is Interview with a Vampire. The Vampire ah. Chronicles. Um, this, I watched this last night and just... This was like a, the epitome of life for me around this time. Like, I you lived... Craft, interview with a vampire, your life. <laughs> Literally. Uh-huh. You can understand why... There's I a lot of incense burned in your house, I bet. <laughs> Definitely. You can totally understand the road I went down from the films that I was watching at the time. Um, but not, it's not just the... It's not just the, the film, it's also the book as well. Like... I'm not really a big fictional reader. Like, if you put a biography in front of us, I can read it in a second. But when it comes to fiction, I struggle really badly. But Interview with a Vampire, 
I wanted to read it because I wanted to see how similar it was to the film and me, it is, it, it's, it's so close, it's scary, but it still has its, like, it still has its little differences. And there's a couple of things in the film which I were, which I wish were in the book, um, from the, sorry, from the book to the film. The most notable one is, so when they're at the theater, de, the theater de vampires in Paris, and Claudia goes on trial for murdering Lestat, and you know she ends up getting put in the thingy and set on fire. The, I, the ironic thing is, in the book, Lestat walks in, and the still burner. Lestat actually walks in and with a grand gesture of, I'm here. She actually tried to kill me, but I'm still here and they still burnt her alive. And I love that part of it. But I did have a, um, a bit of a research on this one. And the Christian Slater character, yeah. who is Daniel Malloy, who is massive in the book series, by the way, mm -hmm. plays a huge part. He becomes a companion. And like, well, you obviously get that indication from the end with Lestat in the car. Yeah. he says i'll give you the choice i never had he does become a companion but it's not for lestat he actually becomes um armand's um companion mm. who is played by antonio banderas right um but he was not meant to be the original actor playing him all right do you have any idea who was massive in the 90s who would have been playing this role but the couldn't Curry? no <laughs> River Phoenix, oh. but he died just yeah. before filming started, so they had to recast, and it was down to Christian Slater, and there was a couple of other people. They kind of um, go along with Christian Slater at that time, though, like I say, because yeah. that, that no. was the time when he was a little quite big at that age. But like I say, the standout thing for Interview of the Vampire, by if you go in the like the cast, like it's like who's who of nineties nineties actors. Like I say, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and Antonio Banderas, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, like I say, Christian Slater as well. Like I say, all of them were there. It was huge. I mean, Brad Pitt does my tits in this film. I'm not going to lie. His <laughs> rendition of Louis is so spot on. It's scary because Louis is just a whiny, whiny bitch. Like he absolutely, he wanted the life he got. He did generally want it, and it wasn't his wife and kids. Um, that because I say in the film, his wife and kids were were, were killed, and that's why he went into a depression. It wasn't. It was his brother. Uh, and he wanted that life. He wanted. He want. He wanted to remember them, and never forget them. And that's why he wanted the eternal life form. Then when he got it, he complained about it the whole time throughout <laughs> every century. He could never find something that made him happy. Like even Claudia didn't make him happy. Mm. He was such a whiny bitch. But he was so. He was played so well. Like Brad Pitt got the aspect of Louis down completely well and Tom Cruise wow Lestat that is just that part Anne Rice said she generally like it felt like she wrote for him mm -hmm. and she didn't want him on the she never wanted him as playing Lestat until she eventually saw him in costume and she was like Jesus Christ that's exactly him yeah. he, he was so down to the point with his hair because Lestat's hair is long blonde and curly and he, he was the one who said it has to be long blonde and curly you can't go any other way and when she realized how much he had like respect for the character and how he played him eventually she was like i feel like i wrote it like that for him mm -hmm. it's such a good and it still holds up today 
it felt I, I might like say again it's not a film I've revisited for a long time but it feels like uh, when I watched it I felt like a long film I, how long is the runtime on it I remember I am um, I did watch it last night and I generally can't remember let me just have a double check sure like say again if I'm wrong it, it must be close to two hours potentially like there is a lot to cover in it mm. um two hours and three minutes right yeah because like i say that uh, that was what like i'm not saying it was a bad film but that's where i always struggled with interview with the vampire it felt like a, a marathon rather than uh things it, it's it's quite an emotional film it does harpen on it's not like the quintessential vampire like horror where it's like it's it's going back to the old victorian times and like um more spooky than anything else but um no i think that again with with me not being a teenage girl at the time when it came out it it wasn't i wasn't like say the ideal audience for it and i probably watched it when it was a little bit later than when it first came out again i do enjoy it but it's not my go-to for the vampires i'll never beat lost boys so sorry uh, <laughs> that's true or john carpenter's vampires well yes I teeter-tottered with my last one, including John Carpenter's Vampires, because that film is superb. James mm. Woods and then Pants is just, just <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. I do like that one, but for... He's just so, he's comical though. It's James <laughs> Woods, like... James Woods trying to be cool. Yeah, he's with his leather jacket and shit. <laughs> tight, tight jeans. Like thongs, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> Oh god, that was that the, I teeter tottered with the last one in picking that, and I was like, Oh, I've already got a vampire film in there, yeah. I'm not gonna go with another one. See, I'm trying to be a bit, yeah, because I, I knew, like, say, the similar ones that you would have picked, Sam. Like, say, I, I, I knew the crap. I, oh, yeah, I had a feeling that the new vampire was on, so I've tried to go a little bit out there, like, say, with my next pick as well. It, it, it is a strange one, but like, say, it's a film I've watched millions of times, I've watched it recently, and I quite loved. There's a few of them that I could have picked that I knew either one of you would have picked, mm. so I didn't. Because <laughs> I was going through my list last night and Anne was like, Misery, and I was like, I'm telling you, Carolyn's got that on there. I know definitely it's on there. Yeah. Like, I know that for a fact. Um, so there was a few that, but Interview with the Vampire, I couldn't not because it really did play a massive part in my life at that time. Mm -hmm. I even have an autograph because my dad went through a phase of getting autographs on eBay. Like, he, yeah. when my dad discovered eBay, that's all we got for Christmas is stuff off eBay. <laughs> and to the point where there is a few things in my mum's house from that Christmas because he totally went over the top that he just couldn't find. There's like a Robert Downey Jr. Um, autograph, I believe, hidden somewhere in the house. Like, he went daft with autographs. So was that so, before drugs or when he was clean? <laughs> it would be it would be Charlie Chaplin, so he'd be still on drugs at the time. Oh, I suppose a little bit more expensive than so. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> so I actually, I actually have... Down, hang on, I'll get you an example of it. Two seconds. <laughs> bit of live interaction now. Yeah. <laughs> So this is, is how it went, right? So we got a lot of autographs. One of the, God, I'll just use that. One of them was me interview with the vampire one, which isn't hung up. But this one is my... Oh, cool. Anthony Hopkins, Jodie Foster, and um, what's his name? Ian Scott, Glenn Scott. Mm -hmm. 
I do have his name written down somewhere as well, but yeah, my <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. This, this was on my wall in my bedroom up until the, where I decorated a few weeks ago. But I have the same the interview with the vampire, and it's where Louis is um, pinning the stat up against the tree. Mm. And it's got Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt's signature on it. That's, that's what he did through that mm. Christmas. Just bought shitloads <laughs> of it. <laughs> he went on. Has he got Kevin Costner's autograph, though? No, that's a good question. That I don't think so. I think this I would have given you a. I feel left out. I don't have anyone's autograph. Sorry. <laughs> of course, you have. Did you get it in person or on eBay? I didn't, but I will get another one in person one day. Is that when you just go and knock on his door? Yeah. <laughs> I'll do this picture for you when you sign it. <laughs> Carolyn is obsessed what it with Kevin Costner. Just love him. Just love Kevin him. Costner, um, Bradley Cooper. That's one yeah. of them. Kevin's number one for me. Yeah. <laughs> if you build it, he'll come. Don't worry. I've got to get the joke in. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't you? You know. You know it's true. I do. Unfortunately, I think Carolyn will eventually track him down. I do not disbelieve in that. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. It is. So who's next? That's so me to go next. Yep. Go so my number four. <clears throat> it snuck in. 1990. Mm. Um, does the word graboids stand out to anyone? It was a film with Kevin Bacon and it was Tremors. Oh my god, oh. Tremors! <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Oh, wow. It is it well, it is a horror film because it's got a monster and it and it chases people and eats people. Uh, <laughs> but it's pure like say it's probably the mixture between 80s and 90s cheese all rolled up in one. Um, where it's like, say, just Kevin Bacon being Kevin Bacon before we start going all weird. Um, and what like, do you mean? Like, 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 say, the later days, like, say, it has done a few stranger roles, and like, say, all the things oh. it's doing now is with the EE. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I get what you mean. I was like, what's he doing? <laughs> No, he's, he's, not one of the, he's not one of the, he's not on the Me Too moments, so don't worry. Oh my God, for that. <laughs> we can still watch uh, Kevin Bacon films, it's fine. Ooh. But like I say, here's chemistry, chemistry sorry, with uh, the other actor, Fred Ward, who played Earl. Like I say, I had me laughing all the way through the film, like I say, the whole almost brother of father and son type of relationship that they had and how they were trying to get out of the town because the darkness and then these giant... Um, worm things that were absolutely ridiculous uh, <laughs> that were terrorizing the town, but it did have some genuine scare moments as well. Like when the builders are basically doing the roadworks and he's drilling, and then the drill starts to get stuck in one of the graboids and it starts pulling them and he gets dragged away. Or when they go to the farm and they're looking for this uh, farmer who's like being quiet, like being silent, and they lift up a hat. And you see his head still in the ground. It's like good little uh, scares, and how the like see the the monsters and the graboids kind of learned as well. So when they start climbing on the buildings, they start knocking down the foundations to try and get to the people stuff. And um, like I say, I had a little bit of crush on the female lead as well. I thought she was quite cute. Um, I've got her name now. Uh, so I'm trying to find the list. Uh, I've only ever seen it once. You've only seen it once? It used to be on BBC Two. I, yeah. I, I. <laughs> you've only seen it once. Yeah, I've 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 only se
used to be on like we know when the BBC used to do like the horror night uh, on a Friday yeah. night. It's the only twice a year, once or twice a year. I think I've only ever seen it once, and it's because Anth really likes it. <laughs> I didn't think it was that much of a horror film. I thought it was like a genuine, like that that could be on a Sunday afternoon on ITV kind of movie. <laughs> was it like a Mars Attacks, Cornheads type? Kinda, kinda a little yeah. bit, but um, like I say, I would say it, it was in the horror genre, just because like I say the it was like stuck in the mountains away from no one and like yeah. it's a quintessential horror uh, monster movie it's got a monster yeah. in it i would yeah. class it in the horror genre and like i said the the guy who played bert michael gross is absolutely hilarious as the gun toting american with mm. every single type of arsenal he's got in his shed uh, basically planning for the end of the world and he's getting taken out by giant worms was the whole <laughs> hilarity, hilarity of it Yes, uh, oh, again, a little like me trying to think of a little bit outside the box and not go with the like I say the norm, but like I say, was, I still love, still love. We watched, we got the projector out and got it on the big screen. Actually, it was uh, quite entertaining. Still, still works today, I think, because there's not no CGI in it at all. Hmm. I might have to give it another watch. I have, it's, it would never go on like me. Must must watch list. <laughs> well, it's just the ending as well. Like I say, the whole thing with Kevin uh, Kevin Bacon getting chased by the, the the graboid and throwing a bomb behind it to try and blast it off a mountain and saying, "Can you fly, you son of a bitch?" And seeing this <laughs> giant worm flying off a mountain is just like say hilarity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Oh, what was that? Tremors. Tremors, yes. Did they bring? They brought a second one out. Oh, there's there. about five different sequels. <laughs> Are all with Kevin Bacon in or is Oh no, Kevin Bacon only has he was only in the first one, I believe. Oh. Uh, all the rest, like say, had had cast members come in. I think Bert, the guy who played Bert, was in one. Uh, like say, and a few others did return, but then like say, some of them went back in time. But it was a very strange franchise. But I like to think it was a single film that didn't make any more. <laughs> <laughs> right, Carolyn, your last one. My fifth and final one is uh, Seven. Ah. Oh. Uh, you went very cerebral with your picks, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real mental horrors. Mm. Um, so uh, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow, who was starred in this one. Um, it was mm. Oscar nominated as well. And Kevin Spacey. Oh, best I, was film <laughs> I was just about to say the man who should not be named. <laughs> But I think with this, it was the whole, again, it's, you know, a serial killer. This is all, you know, very much things that get into people's heads about yeah. mm. what kind of society are we actually living in here where this sort of thing could happen and people mm. accept that it could happen. Yeah. It, it was, I think what most yeah, people yeah. remember from that uh, film is the, the scene with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. What's in the box? What's in the box, yeah. <laughs> You just, you know, you just know what's in the box, don't you? What's in the box? It was a very clever film. I loved the aspects of it. Like I said, the the cerebral parts of it. Like the John Doe, you never really found out his name as well. I love films where you never find out why they did things or, or Mm. that's why the original Halloween film is so big and and scary for me is because you never know why Michael does it. And you never know why John Doe does it as well. And like the whole yeah. taking his fingertips off as well. Like I said, that aspect 
was always very seven deadly. It was the seven deadly sins, wasn't it? That's mm -hmm. what the, the it was all aimed around. And that scene where he's with the um the guy who's pretty much starved to, he's like starved to death, isn't he? Yeah. Oh. And and he and it's um him from Scrubs gets right up in his face and goes, You deserved it, you son of a bitch. And then all of a sudden he takes a breath and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, the bears. <laughs> I think we're all all the murders. Like, say, you start off with gluttony, and it, it, it's disturbing when you see his face when he picks out the, and it gets worse and worse as each one goes on. Like the the one with the prostitute with the 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 knife dildo thing yeah. or knife dildo. That that that's still hard. This is shit. Yeah, yeah. That that actually happened. That's taken directly from real life that bit there with it was sorority house or a nurse's house wasn't it don't know i, I didn't want to look into that too much <laughs> that's, that's taken directly from real life that bit mm. i have no offense in the film never mind if it's really happened yeah mm. but it's like, clever that, you know those seven deadly sins and then the last deadly sin was fulfilled because mm -hmm. brad pitt's character carries out wrath by yeah. killing him right at the end because of what he does to his girlfriend yeah i have to I say as well the standout in that film is morgan freeman he is absolutely yeah. brilliant all the way through how he plays it like quietly as well he never gets yeah. too emotional until uh, the the yeah. scene with brad he's like just trying to get there as quick as he can to try and stop uh, stop from what what he knows is going to happen yeah it's just shot. so awful. You really feel for him, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it shot beautifully as well. Like the, the tones that they use throughout the whole film, there's not mm. a bright tone in it. It's no. all dark and dreary, just like how you're meant to feel throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. it, was, it didn't make the list because I didn't really think of it. Otherwise, I it probably would have. Yeah, it was one of the ones I tated with, but again, that's would you? It's it, it's one of the things. Would you class it as a horror film? Yeah, yeah totally, it would be a horror film because it's disturbing. Horror. It's it makes you think. Uh, sorry to be think, makes you think outside the box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like I say, the whole aspects of it, like I say, it's. Cleverly done, as you said, it can be done in real life. That's that's the disturbing part as well. Yours are all very much real life events, mine. Like this could yeah. all actually, all of your picks could all actually happen. What goes inside my head? <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's not. It's a film with not a happy ending. No. Thing as well. That that's what I think was a bit because when you think of we watching that film, you need something to happen to to basically to make it light okay. or to, to make everything okay but it doesn't yeah. it doesn't again like real life not everything works out the way you where you want it to um, i quite like that aspect going back to the tone of it it's probably the brightest part in the film mm. yeah the end bit when they're in the desert yeah, it's like the scenery wise is probably the brightest part that's in there so you do in your head believe that john doe is going to get exactly what's coming to him you just don't you don't expect the reason why it's going to come mm. to him I remember being gutted a few years later because they'd done the film Kiss the Girls and that's when I saw the tra trailer originally with uh, Morgan Freeman, I thought it was going to be a seven sequel and it turned out it didn't be. But like I say, it's one of them films that I wouldn't be disappointed if we got to know more about Morgan Freeman's character 
that was mm. like I say the interesting aspect like what happened afterwards but as a standalone again like like Sans Alarms it's it's pretty much a perfect film yeah. or even what happened before with him mm. like he's been a detective but like he was on the verge of retirement when you get to him in seven so mm -hmm. what ships you seen before that would be interesting yeah because that was meant to be his last case as well wasn't it mm -hmm. yeah and at the end i think you get the feeling that you probably wouldn't have retired no he no. couldn't have you couldn't have let that no. go couldn't because imagine sitting there in the house thinking about that last case like without doing something to try and make life a little bit better that that would yeah. that would be too hard yeah definitely top, i think that's the topic of the day so far so well done that's a good one that's a good one my last one is a little bit out of the box for me actually i don't even think you would think that i would pick it in all uh, honesty yeah. it's a murder mystery with supernatural feel to it it's from 1999 so it's just hitting the end Mm -hmm. It's um, directed by David Coop. Coop. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. And it stars Kevin Bacon. Stare of Echoes. Yes, you are right. <laughs> I absolutely love this film. I went through a stage in my life where I watched this nearly every day for a good few months. It's not as it does not beat the Pitch Perfect one where I watch Pitch Perfect every day for a year. <laughs> doesn't beat that at all but it's very Just to say we're not doing a we're not doing a podcast on pitch perfect i'm sorry no, we are not. go on the line we are, no, we are not that is a, that is a time in my life i would like to forget about but stir of echoes i could watch that every single day there is just something brilliant about that film it doesn't matter how many times i've seen it i still love the murder mystery side of it is that the, it was painted black wasn't it the song that was with it yeah, that's the one that he... Because that's the only thing that stands out. Because yeah, I remember it. what you can hear it being played. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all about a murder of a girl. and But he doesn't know that yet. He's literally moved into a house in a neighbourhood that's very close niche. Like, I think it's a football neighbourhood as well. Yeah. So, like, the whole town supports the local football team, which kids on the street go there to. You know, they're all very much living each, in each other's pockets. Um, and... Kevin Bacon and his family move into a home. Mm -hmm. His sister-in-law is into hypnotherapy. Yeah. And she, you know, hypnotizes him, even though he's very skeptical of it. Mm -hmm. She still manages to put him under. And um, because he's in that state of mind, he is being receptive to the murder that took place in his home. Yeah. And it's him trying to solve it. Um, it, it sends him very crazy. Mm -hmm. but it with him and his son there are so many twists and turns in it yeah. it's just geniusly put together like it doesn't get enough recognition for how good it actually is i think a lot of tv was stole stole ideas from it as well because there was a lot of like i think supernatural stole a trope from it as well at times um yeah, from because like, yeah, i remember when it came out um because it was during the summer when like I said, when I think we got the unlimited pass at Bolden, Bolden when they start doing it. So like yeah. we were just seeing as many films as we can. That was one of the films I saw at the pictures. Again, it didn't resonate. Like I say, it's one of the ones I've I've went back to and I've enjoyed. But um, yeah, I can see why though, because it's 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 an unusual one. But it it's not one where you get terrified of watching. But it's like a who done it type thing. I actually have gone really cold thinking of one of the scenes in it 
and it's the finger scene. Yeah, and just going. Oh, gosh. The fingernails snap as well. What? Nah, I have to look away at that, and it's the crunch as well. Yeah. Oh, God, it's awful. It's absolutely sickening. But it's still really good. Kevin Bacon, I was just thinking about this last night when I, because this was the final one for me list, and this is the one I, 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 I did a coin toss between this and, vamp, and John Carpenter's Vampires, and Starabeco was one. And it was all because how many horror films Kevin Bacon's actually been in? Friday the 13th was his first one, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's when he gets it through the neck, isn't it? Yeah, when he's under the bed, I see. <laughs> through the neck but I was thinking like, and Tremors was another one I thought like and um, this and has mm -hmm. it been anymore I was like trying to think like oh he did um, what's that one um, where he goes invisible Hello Man oh the Hollow Man that's pretty scary yeah and that freaked me out a bit but yeah that's why I, I, cho I, cho I, I it was Kevin Bacon was the, the deciding vote really it was either Kevin Bacon or um, James Wood's trousers. And you can save a town by dancing as well, so it's fine. <laughs> I've never seen Footloose. <laughs> so there, that's my final pick is Star of Echoes. Thoroughly oh, enjoyed it. Too, like yeah. From start to finish, it's just fantastic. Cool. Well, again, I'm going to the vampire field with my last pick. It's 1998, so again, it, it creeps in. And it was the first time I realised that a comic can be a horror film. Oh, wow. And it had yes. the best opening song and opening yes. to any film. I don't care what you say. As soon as you hear that beat, you know the film. Yeah. And yeah. when you see the blood come raining down, it's like I say, I start had Tracy Lord in from Cry Baby. Uh, the first, she was the first vampire. But um, yeah. Was she? Yes, it was Tracy Lord, I. Tracy Lord, I did not know that. But yes, yeah. like say Wesley Snipes, I know that they do and Blade, and I'm hoping they do it. But like I say, he was made to play this part, and I had Stephen Dorfin was actually quite good, <laughs> which I'm not, not normally a big fan. But oh no, was, I fell in love with Stephen Dorf. I fell in love with Stephen Dorf because of these films. Like I could watch Blade and another one, another one he's in called Judgment Night. Mm -hmm. I can watch them two back to back just for him. He is absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. What's his character called? It's um, Frost. Frost, Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost. Oh my God. That man is just beautiful in that film. Them eyes. Mm -hmm. I remember little... seeing that advertisement, all Marvel's bringing out a vampire film. And like, see, I, at, at the time, I wasn't huge on the Blade comics. Like, see, I'm still not really that versed in, in, in like, say, the history or I think I know there's a big thing with Blade and, and Dracula and stuff like that, yeah. which they did come on to in the later films, which weren't as good quality as, as the first one. I know some people do prefer Blade too, but to me, the first Blade was always the better film. And Which uh, one's the one with Triple H in? Oh, that's uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blade Trinity. I actually don't mind that film. <laughs> I don't mind it at all. It's not a bad film, but when it's you think not, of, like you say, when wow. you the story for Blade, when it... Like when they're talking about the thirst and like say and trying to medicate them as well, and like that nurse who had bitten who they healed, like say I know we didn't even see her again. I think she was called uh, Vanessa. Like mm -hmm. say such an interesting character, and then wasn't used again. I don't know for for any reasons, but uh, even like say the guy who played uh, Whistler, Whistler, Chris Christopherson, <gasps> Chris um, as the grumpy old uh, arsehole of a mentor. 
who, uh, like I say, that all good superhero films need. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I say, the aspects, like I say, visually, it was beautiful. And like I say, again, harking back, I think with most horror films, like I say, what makes the horror films is, is the music or the sound. But to me, Blade will always stand out for, the, for like I say, as, a, as one of the better horror films, never mind, uh, even if we did like, include slasher films, I think Blade would be up there for them. Um, do you know it got 55% on Rotten Tomatoes? The majority, of the, the majority of the films that we've put on our list, apart from Silence of the Lambs, have all been in the region of the 50s in Rotten Tomatoes. That's why, because everyone's that? opinion's different. Like I say, there's certain films that like, even we talk about, I'll probably not, not enjoy. But again, the main things for different things, like I know I speak to people these days who still don't like the Goonies, even though they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can you say that? How can somebody say they don't like the Goonies? What is not to like about an action? Oh my God, some people That's... do mind not in. But, um, People who uh, don't like the Goonies, but like Stranger Things, yeah, which is heavily heavily influenced exactly. by the Goonies. Let's be exactly. fair. The but, new uh, guy, the like new say, guy. Oh well, like, sorry. Like say, I think with the whole Marvel universe and how it's going to go next, like I say, I think Blade will become a bigger player in in the whole thing, and that's just and what I was going to get into. New audience as well. Can anyone pronounce his name? Mashala Ali. Is that how you pronounce it? Mashala Ali. He's, he's, Marvel are breaking their rule when it comes to actors because he has already been in Luke Cage mm -hmm. as a very good villain and they always said they will never reuse other people. Once you've been in Marvel, that's it. You're done. They don't class they that as, but they've already said they don't class that as the MCU. Oh, so they're getting out of it that way then. Yeah, because like say you wouldn't have Chris Evans as as uh, Captain America because he was Flame Boy. Yeah, yeah. I know, but that is still like the, the the Luke Cage part. It was still at the time class within the MCU timeline because there is so, bits of the New York. Yeah, the, the the weren't allowed to mention the Avengers or anything. Just the, the they always used to mention the right. event that happened in New York or the event that that was all the reference point in the TV show. They weren't okay. ever allowed to use, like, say, MCU. So Marvel have not broke their rule, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, with this one, unfortunately, I'd say. Okay. Um, they've been Even very though, clever with that. Well, I know they're going to reuse some of the actors, but they're going to have complete new backstories now. His cousin, you know, um, she's she's in Scrooge. I can't think of the actress's name, sorry. But the one who, was, who played Cottonmouth's cousin, who ended up taking over the Empire... Mm -hmm. She's actually the mother from Civil War who starts it all with Tony and the yeah. photograph. And I was all, and I said, the broker rule there and all, but well, they haven't now, have they? No. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky Marvel bastards. Sneaky Marvel <laughs> bastards. Well, that's how they got around um, Vision with using Paul Bettany. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. they were like, well, it's too. It's two separate. Different two entities, separate entities, so yeah. we can use him for this one and that one. You must be good at though if you get handled a Marvel role that's like really tiny and just know that that's all you're ever going to be within the MCU. You're never going to get anything bigger than that. Depends, <laughs> like I say, it always can lead to somewhere. It's like uh, they might do the whole Doctor Who approach, like have doctors play a small cameo 
uh, in early episodes and if they like them they bring them back like say I know Peter Capaldi was in an episode and Jodie Whittaker uh, played smaller parts before being actually cast as the Doctor did she? didn't know that what was your what did we just do your last Blade was your last pick Blade oh, was my, brain, my, last my brain just went fuzzy there <laughs> for a second um, Blade's a good choice at a Comic Con a few years ago they reenacted the blood um, right. And it looked fantastic. Yeah. Like people really got heavily involved in it. Um, obviously, same music going. And it was just, it really was a photo opportunity. There was not a, like a lot of, a lot of that. Because imagine like you, that shit's got to be sticky. Yeah. But, but even remember, like, say if you go back uh, when we were, like, say, youthful, shall we say, and going into pizzazz. And you heard that music, even the dance floor used to go crazy as soon as you heard, like, say, the Blade soundtrack, like, the starting off. I'm not that old, but I do know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be there with us, don't lie. <laughs> oh, good old pizzazz days. So is that it? Have we done the, the top five horrors of the 90s? Yep. So that's, that's it on horror for a while. Have we mm-hmm. agreed on that? Yeah, I'm quite happy to. Give give other things a break, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll do horror leading up to. I've just dropped the thingy. Leading up to, um, I would say October, but we'll give well, horror. It's a, time of the year. Yay! <laughs> my wedding anniversary. Woo-hoo. Um. So yeah. So that's it. So thank you all very much for um listening and watching. Have you got any housekeeping for Facebook or not, Paul? Um, no, like I say, it's been going quite nicely. Um. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for everyone who's who's joined and like I say Instagram's uh, starting to pick up as well. Like I say, there's a lot of people that's um coming over from Instagram as well now. So uh, the, the 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 social media are starting to integrate, but still like I say everyone's getting on, still being friendly, which is still amazing us after <laughs> say, uh, so many months and I don't think we've had one argument yet so they're probably jinxed it now <laughs> yeah, most likely we'll go on there and they'll be all hell broke loose yeah but like I say if you remember um, follow us on Facebook it's Nerdy Up North Community um, like I say we're on Instagram um, same Nerdy Up North and as well as watching us on YouTube you can find us on in, uh, iTunes and Spotify and again, thank you for our wonderful special guest today. You've been a pleasure to have. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. We'll get you back You're again. Welcome, Carolyn. If you, if you <laughs> so enthusiastic <laughs> with that end in their mind. <laughs> That's it. We've just, we've just been talking to her for about two hours, so we'll, leave, we'll give her a break. <laughs> <laughs> what a long day, look. <laughs> I know, she really has had an awful day by the sounds of it. But yeah. thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. <laughs> and you. so yeah, thanks everyone and we'll see you next week. Yep, same bat time, same bat channel. Take care everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.